Why don't you go ahead and intro? Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes series to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah. This episode almost didn't happen because I threatened to play Informer by Snow. (laughs) I would have just quit everything. I love that song, but just you need to be in the right headspace to receive that song. Um, it was it was because you were looking up some additional information about this, and it was like the topic of Informer by Snow came up, and I was like, oh, I really want to listen to that song, and so I start Spotifying it. I'm like, if you don't, if, if we don't start right now, so this this conversation happened a minute ago. So yeah, there you go. Some behind the scenes. Uh, so Snow's Informer didn't turn ten years today, or not today, recently. But what did turn? 10 years recently. Our relationship soon. Uh, yes. Um, yes. Within about a week. But last week, I think it was last week, thereabouts, um, a certain, I don't know, a song you might have heard of called Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen turned 10. Call Me Definitely. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about this week, as covered by Upon This Dawning for Punk Goes Pop 5. I threw a wish in the well. You were like, oh, Call Me Maybe turns 10, or Call Me Maybe turned 10 in the last week or so. Can we move this forward? And I was just sort of like, yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, it's it's a bop, as the children say. Is it poggers? <laughs> Am I getting that right? I don't think I got that right. Apparently, it's like a twitch emote of like Pepe the Frog. Ooh. Um, I don't think it's meant as like a... Oh, like a neo-Nazi right no. wing. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. I'm hoping that's part of the thing to reclaim Pepe, but um, we're not here to talk about Pepe the Frog. No, thankfully. Um, he didn't, like, his owner, his creator didn't want him to become what he became. No, he didn't. And I'm trying to think of, like, another example of that happening where it's like, oh, yeah, I had no intention of this becoming yeah. what it did, but it did, and I don't except this, but I can't think of anything, so I'm not going to sit here for five minutes trying to figure it out. Sure. Sure. 
let's talk about Carly Rae Jepsen. Sure. Would you? You're you're the the Carly Rae aficionado. I am. Yes. I am handing the reins of. Uh, Carly Ray over to you. <laughs> I feel like we haven't been able to do this for a while. We're, we're probably down to what our last Taylor Swift song. Yeah. So probably. Like we've probably got like I think we've got like a couple more Britney songs. Yeah. Look, it's I am definitely underprepared for this week because I was like, yeah, 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 I'll pull together all the information, don't worry, and then I didn't. Um <laughs> sorry. I did a little extra credit homework, which we'll get to a little bit later on, but Yes. Um, but yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen was the last concert I went to in the before times. So, um, how was it? It was really good. I like 2020 huh, hindsight, but like, I remember pausing and sort of looking around at everyone and being like, this is really cool. Like we're mm. all here just vibing and having a good time. It's almost as if I knew that. That was going to be a finite feeling for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a very good show. Um, anyway, Carly Rae Jepsen was born in 1985 and hails from British Columbia and Canada. Both her parents and step-parents are teachers, and at one point she considered a career as a music teacher if music as a career didn't work out. So she'd still like, do, a, do music in some degree, but... Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm. I feel like she doesn't need to fall back on the idea of becoming a music teacher at this point in her career. I feel like music worked. Yes, I'm going to put a pin in that because I want to come back to that later. Um, she also has like big like music teacher energy. I love it. Like knowing that yeah. she was considering it, it's just like that is amazing. Yeah. Uh, look, we can get to it. I want to talk about it a bit more when we talk about the film clip. Okay. So I'll put a pin in that, but, like, come back to the idea of her having music teacher energy. Cool. Um, while forming a swing band, uh, she was convinced to audition for Canadian Idol and made it onto the fifth season of the show where she placed in third, or came in third. Um, she has said that she considered this the best possible outcome because she received the same amount of exposure without the, quote, devilish contract at the end. Like, I never considered that. And, and when you think... I looked into this and it was like, I don't know who any of these other people are. So, yeah, she she was the success out of this thing. Yeah, it... Like... The exposure you get from Idol... You... I don't know. If you place, like, first or runner-up, you're always sort of tarnished with Yeah. That. Like, you... To me, it just, it sort of feels like the equivalent of, like, being a, like, you're sort of on a fast track to, like, having a residency in, like, um... Las Vegas? That's the one. Like, it's just that sort of weird kind of session musician kind of vibe to it. I don't know why. Um, the only yeah. exception I can think of is, like, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. I, I, I kind of understand what you mean, though, and I guess it's... It, look, it might be different for Canadian Idol because yeah. they're they're connected to America, so it might be easier to sort of break into an True. American market. But like, I'm thinking of over here <laughs> where we had, you know, first season guy Sebastian won, yeah, and Shannon Knoll came in second. Shannon Knoll stayed relevant because he's become a meme, yeah, 
Um, and Guy Sebastian has remained relevant because he rubs shoulders with the right people. And so, and, like... And also the wrong people, because isn't he anti-vax? He, <laughs> so, there is a, um, like, a movement that's been built over here. It's called Vax the Nation. And so, the idea is, like... A bunch of Australian musicians got on board and they were like, hey, everyone, like, roll up your sleeves and get the jab so that we can all get back to doing what we love, which is playing and listening to live music. Yep. Guy's name was put on this list. He was part of the thing. And then later, <laughs> he jumps online. He's like, oh, hey, guys, my management put me on this, but I feel really uncomfortable about it. Like... I, I'm not the kind of person to tell you what you should do with your body and, like, talk about health, never mind that he and his wife are spokespeople for, like, some fucking children's vitamins brand. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Centrum or something. Yeah, yeah, some bullshit like that. And so he just continues to, like, fuck it up. Like, I... Fuck it, we'll just, we'll go into a guy, Sebastian Rant. Like, yeah, I love that you put your that. phone down, like, okay. This, is, this is getting serious now. Yeah. So, like, he, like, he has made a really good career out of being the Idol winner. He does that sort of Motown-y kind of pop and stuff. Yeah. Like, he's, he's fucking good. Like, he opened for Taylor Swift on the Red Tour, and it was so good. I was going to say, like, he could almost, like, he could have his career in Australia, but also, like, his career opening for acts that come over to Australia. Yeah. I mean, not at the moment, but, like, have that have that job, basically, of, like, the pop stars that come over here, he can be, and, like, people are going to go, you know, Australians are going to go, oh, cool, Guy Sebastian, yeah, maybe yeah. I'll go early to the show and not, you know, miss the opener. And, like... To me, he sort of, I don't quite know where he lies in the US, but, like, it feels like he's sort of on the edges of, like, not making it huge, but, like, he could probably have a pretty decent career yeah. over there. But, like, he just is so fucking conservative. Yeah. And it doesn't align with his music. Like, yeah, he, I don't know, like, he was sort of standing behind our Prime Minister last year, talking about, like, oh, like, we have to save live music, and, like, live music's been fucking obliterated. Yeah. There's been no support for live music in Australia. It's it's the it's one of the only, um like, it's one of the only businesses where it's, like, you can't have sick people no. coming into a club, one person coughing, and then everyone gets it. Yeah. Like, you can't have this shit so you need to go by the rules and everything to get this thing back because live music's probably like over here it's probably going to be one of the last things oh, to come back absolutely and that it fucking sucks yeah like, it does but like i'm 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 not the type of person to tell you what to do with your body but i'm telling you get the fucking vaccine yeah and it get just the fucking vaccine i don't know he's one of these ones where he sort of and i like this is getting personal i'm just gonna say this is just my opinion but like he sort of tries to play off like, oh yeah, I'm like that cool guy. Like, I just so happen to be quite religious and quite conservative in my views. So like pulls the chair around, sits yeah. on it backwards and says, let's rap about Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. Like. Uh, I know I'm, another rebel and his name was Jesus. Exactly. He sort of like, it feels like he tries to have his cake and eat it too. Like, yeah, there had to have been some discussion with his management about being part of this 
pro-vax initiative. But then he obviously got backlash from, like, a fair amount of his... Christian conservative. His Christian conservative audience, because funnily enough, that Venn diagram is, like, close to a circle. But, like, then he backpedals. It's just like, just have some conviction, mate. Like... Like, yeah, we talked about Carly Rae Jepsen having heavy music teacher energy. He has heavy, like, Christian, like, youth counsellor. Yeah. Yeah, like, youth pastor energy. Youth pastor energy. Like, it just... Yeah, I don't know. He... Something about him just rubs me the wrong way. Um, And that... Yeah, the whole debacle about him backing away from vaccinations. Just, like, just grow a pair, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's my guy rant. So, I won't talk about any of the other American Idol... Australian Idol winners... Because I one I can't remember and two will go on to like how like Casey Andrews drove for Uber. Casey Andrews, Casey Donovan, Casey Donovan drove for Uber for a short while. She's so cool. She I is. Love her. How good was she in We Will Rock You? Yeah, that was fucking sick. Anyway, anyway. Um. So yeah, I agree with Carly Rae Jepsen. Like she gets the exposure and like the boost for having participated, but she. Yeah, she has a bit more flex in terms of she can forge her own path yeah. outside of the box that she was probably put in for yeah. Idol. So I guess, yeah, like, it probably sucks for Guy that he can't just sort of be fully himself, potentially. Who yeah. knows? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, He's also 20 years removed from his appearance on... Shit, Or not 20, but like 18 oh, that's, years Jesus. removed from his appearance on Idol. Yeah. Like, at some point, it's like... Well, we haven't had Idol over here for years. But then he does stuff like he... Because, one, it's money, but two, it puts your mind back in the context of Guy Sebastian reality television or competition television because he's one of the judges on The Voice. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, it it probably pays pretty well, but at the same time, it's just like, well, one, you're you're not the, like, focus. Yeah. And two, we're just thinking, oh, yeah, you were on a competition... 18 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, where were we? <laughs> so, off the heels of having participated in Canadian Idol, um, Carly Rae Jepsen signed a deal with 604 Records, uh, a record company which is owned by music manager Jonathan Simkin and living legend Nickelback frontman Chad Kroger. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. Look at this photograph. Like, she's since moved to Schoolboy Records, I think it is. Yeah, um, I don't think she's still there, but... That's... Yeah, still, I credit Chad with um helping to launch her career. Fuck yeah! So, thank you, Chad. <laughs> Do you want me to keep talking about the song? Do you want to talk about the song? Well... Do you want to talk about Carly Rae? What do you want to do? Uh, look, I did a little bit of... Uh, I did a little bit of extra credit homework. Mm-hmm. I came to you and I said, look, you're a big Carly Rae Jepsen fan. Yes. Give me one of her albums, not physically, because I was like, I'll listen to it on Spotify. And you said, listen to Emotion. Yes. Which is not this album. No. So um, Emotion is the album that came after this one, which was Kiss. Um, And I will just say that that album is so, so good. Yeah. I... You can find me on Rachel Music under inverted underscore Sam. And I have a rating. I didn't write a review for it, but I have a, re- a rating 
Mm. I'm not going to tell you what that rating is. You'll just have to find it. Uh, I I am a my musical taste is uh, equivalent to I am a musical sewer person, a musical <laughs> cretin, if you will. <laughs> so like this statement doesn't really hold much water f- coming from me. Yes, it does. But I will say. I think Run Away With Me is possibly the greatest pop song ever. Yeah, definitely up there, if not the best. Like, again, sewer person. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being in the muck, you know. But, like, yeah, it's just, like, I just want to, I just want to, like, look, let's rap about music for a sec. Okay. I'm turning my chair around. Yes. Not really. But, like, to any... Like, if there's any young, like, impressionable, fresh into metal, metalheads, like, teenage metalheads, mm-hmm. who are listening to this, which I know you're not, but if you are, look, I just want to say, I understand that at the beginning you have to feel like you can only enjoy this. You can only enjoy metal. Yes. Open yourself up to stuff like this because it's just so fun. Yeah. And I was listening to this album while playing the game God of War on (laughs) PS4, which, if you don't know, the God of War series, the first three games were set in Greek mythology. The the guy that you play as, Kratos, is so comically angry about everything. It's just to a ridiculous degree how angry he is. Mm -hmm. Then the latest one, it's in Norse mythology, so it goes from Zeus to Odin. He's a bit more calmer now. He's a dad, but he still has these these moments that's, like, angry. And he has to... One of the side missions I was doing was you have to free the nine Valkyries. What that entails is because they're, they're like, possessed or their souls are, are corrupted or whatever. So basically what you have to do is you have to beat them to death mm-hmm. and rip their wings off okay. so that they can they can ascend to Valhalla with clean souls. Okay. And so I'm listening to Carly Rae Jepsen's emotion <laughs> while ripping the wings off of Valkyries and it was it was just a hilariously over the top experience for me. Excellent. I yeah, I thought this album was was terrific. Right? Yeah. She, like... I will just say this. This is one of those ones, like, when we get to go for a longish drive again. Yes. Like, if you were to put it on, I'd be I'd be stoked. Excellent. I'm going to keep that in mind. It, like... We're getting ahead of ourselves. I feel like we probably should have talked about the song before talking about her, but I don't care. Like, I... Sorry, I didn't know where... I, no, I, no. One of the things I am never good at is placement. That's fine. I asked you what you wanted to talk about, and this is good. Like, I am, I could talk at length about it. Like, and I think this ties in with the way she felt about having been on Idol. Like, she is such an interesting pop artist without being oversaturated, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, she is definitely one of those ones where, like, I don't know, there'll be that person that you think is a bit of a snob and you're just like, oh, and they're sort of, they jump on the Carly train, they're like, oh my God, how good is Carly Rae mm-hmm. Jepsen? But, like, yes, she is. That's why fucking, like, everyone you know loves her. But mm-hmm. in saying that, she also, like, there's just something very wholesome and very... Like, I don't know, 
kind of not experimental, but like there's just something like adventurous about her, and she like simultaneously you don't see her all over the press. Yeah, and I feel like in in that regards, like because she's she's like even though this song was wildly successful, like she it feels like she never reached the same level of fame as like a Taylor Swift or a Miley Cyrus yeah. or whoever else. Fucking Lord, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I guess in that, like, not, she's not anonymous, but just a little bit, just a tiny bit under yeah. the radar makes her go, well, I can be, I can be more true to who I am. Yeah. Because, because I can, I can flex my creative muscles and, and it'll reach my audience and my audience will love it. Yeah. And I don't necessarily need to reach the entire world. Yeah. There's something really kind of like putting, well, yeah, I'm projecting here, but it feels like there would be something really liberating about being Carly Rae Jepsen because Mm. she has had the level of commercial success where she can make this a career, but she doesn't have to be on all the time. She can sort of disappear and do her thing for a bit, post a couple of photos like, oh yeah, I'm in this city doing whatever. But like, she doesn't have to be accountable to everyone all the time the same way that like a Taylor Swift is. And then like, I don't know, like we've been having chats recently with friend of the pod, Richard S. He about like the likes of Dua Lipa and ones like that where... I really enjoy Dua Lipa's music. I don't have an opinion at all on her her persona. And that, to me, it strikes me as interesting because she is such a public figure, but I don't get anything interesting from her, if that makes sense. She she strikes me as someone who 100%, and, like, to her credit, she's a fantastic musician, Dua Lipa, but, like, she 100% buys into her own hype. Yeah. Has buys into her own mystique maybe and is and is like tries to keep up that that persona of coolness to the degree that she's kind of cold. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like that thing that that thing of like Kanye West has always sort of tried to keep that level of coolness. Yeah. And it's like you can't like he lets in like little and I guess I should be saving this for our next song or next week's song but like i always think back to the the gif of him at a basketball game and he's sitting with someone and there's just the the camera's not on him yeah and so they're just having a laugh about something and then the camera goes on him and zooms in and then he like laughs looks at the camera and then it just drops immediately because again he has to put back up that persona of well i'm cool and again it's like cool like says some pretty wild shit at the moment, and mm. now it's like, well, you're cold and kind of weird, and, and I don't care about who you are as a person. I think, like, yeah, like, going back to Dua, like, it's weird, like, to me, Carly Rae Jepsen, I feel like I have to say her whole name. I'm just going to say CRJ. CRJ. Like, she falls to me, like, squarely between, like, a Taylor and a Dua in that I am very... Like, as much as you can be from, like, an outsider's perspective. Like, I'm very invested in CRJ, the persona, 
and CRJ the musician. Yeah. Because there doesn't seem to be that level of artifice that there is for Dua Lipa the person versus Dua Lipa the musician. Yeah. And then, of course, the other end of the spectrum, you've got Taylor who very much does play up that thing of look how relatable I am. Yeah. For better or for worse, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, like, there's just, yeah, like, CRJ, like, she just fits into this very perfect niche where people love her as, like, a pop culture figure, um, but she still has enough room to just grow and change and completely change the narrative between albums and people don't mind that. Like, yeah. it isn't met with, like, a what? Like, she just consistently tries new things and does cool shit, and it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean to be crass, but she's not one that's really been sexualized, is she? Um, or has she? And well, I just I, haven't noticed. I think this is the thing, is, like, she doesn't fall into a role where it matters either way. Yeah. So, like, Call Me Maybe, and, like, we'll get onto it eventually, but, like, it is very sort of chaste and cute. And, yeah. But to me, I don't see it as being, like, an absence of sexuality. Yep. Like, well, like, there's the there's the beginnings of lust there. It's like, well, I see you, you're, you're obviously very attractive to me. Yeah. So what, like... What do you say? Like, he's my number. Yeah. And then dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Like, there doesn't need to be that that next paragraph or that next sentence to say this is exactly explicitly what happens. Yeah. And so then, and then like emotion to me, it's sort of somewhere in the middle. Like it's starting to get a bit more mature, I guess, in terms of themes and stuff, but it's still very light and fun. Mm. And then dedicated her latest album like yeah there are songs that are very explicit like i want you in my room like on the bed on the floor like but there's something about the way she does it where it's talking about sex without saying sex and but like to me it's not sort of a like i sort of see it as there is like a sensuality there and it doesn't mean that like, one side of the coin translates to the absence of the other side, if that mm. makes sense. Like, she can sort of be both at once because, again, she, ha like, somehow has, like, her and her management team, like, they've sort of navigated, like, this career where she doesn't have to answer to which side of the fence she falls on, yeah. I guess. Um, like, yeah, I just find it fascinating, and especially considering who manages her now. Like, she is which we'll get into eventually, but, like, she, like, I don't know. She's just done it so artfully in a way, like, she really has, like, the ideal pop career, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, her music is so clever and fun and it sort of goes a step beyond, like, it's never quite what is happening on the charts, but then there'll be, like, a breakthrough single that does make it into the charts yeah. for a reason. And it's just, yeah, she's just, she's cool. In saying that, should we talk about some details about Call Me Maybe? Yes. So, 
Call Me Maybe was the first single from Carly Rae Jepsen's 2011 EP Curiosity and her 2012 album Kiss, which I think was like her first studio. Yeah, her debut studio album. So I know there was like Tug of War. I don't know if that was like an EP or... I think that was like an album pre... Carly Rae Jepsen being Carly Rae Jepsen. Pre-Chad Kroger. True. Let's just say. Um, Let's not say because I could be wrong. Yeah, look. (laughs) uh, Call Me Maybe was written by Jepsen and her guitarist Tavish Crow. And Josh Ramsey. Who also produced it and is also the guitarist for Canadian pop punk, pop rock outfit, pardon me, Mariana's Trench. Never heard of them in my life. I remember the name from back in the day. Again, they were one of those ones I was like, oh, I should try them out, and then I never did. Yeah. Um, But I do love that crossover there. And Call Me Maybe was intended to be a folk song, but was changed to pop after Josh stepped in. Thank fuck for that. Yeah, it it's kind of wild to picture a folk version of this because that's sort of like the sliding doors moment, I reckon. Yeah. Like, this skyrocketed. And if they had just done a folk one, like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess would it have... Would she have then diverted into a more folk career like, you know, Mumford and Sons or... Mm. Was it Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros? Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Um, Counting Crows. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just it's nuts to think of because I can't picture this as being anything but what it is. Yeah. Um, Call Me Maybe was the first number one single by a female Canadian artist on the Billboard Hot 100 since Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. Also a banger. Mm. And in December... Of 2011, Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez tweeted about the song, which sort of catapulted it into the attention of everyone around the world. Yeah, it Um, sort of got it worldwide. And soon after that, Carly Rae Jepsen was signed by Enemy of the Pod, Scooter Braun. Yikes. Yeah. He's got a stupid name. He's the one that um, bought Taylor Swift's Masters. Yeah, fuck that guy. And also, like, there are some links to, like, his company with, like, fucking weaponry overseas. What? Just in terms of, like, stock portfolios and shit like that. Like, he is not a good person. That's just my opinion. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and look, what's... Do you want to talk more about Scooter Braun? I'll put my phone down. No, no, no. Like, I don't know enough hard facts about him, but I just... There's just something about him that squeaks me out. The way that he dealt with... um, Taylor Swift. No, I'm trying... I think it's Big Machine Records. Like, yeah. The way he dealt with the guys there in handling Taylor's stuff was just gross and dirty and the way he talked about Taylor as like sort of being a cash cow as opposed to like an artist in her own right, blah, Mm. blah, blah. And he just, yeah, there's just this like... I'm sure that's how managers probably do see musicians. It's just, yeah, yeah. as the dollars, the dollar sign instead of the person. But yeah, I'm just, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with Scooter Braun. Yeah. Like he's just, he's creepy and just his roster of artists, like, again, I'm just pleased and surprised that Carly Rae Jepsen has sort of forged the career that she has because 
he also manages the likes of Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber and ones like that. And yeah, there's just something icky about him. Mm. Yeah, um, I get that. Yeah. I do have the weekly charts. It does say from 2011 to 2014. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to go for places where it reached number one. Mm-hmm. So it reached number one over here on the ARIA charts, number one in Canada, uh, number one in the Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, France, Hungary, Ireland, Luxembourg. I don't think we've talked about Luxembourg before. Yeah. Good on you. Uh, New Zealand, Poland, Scotland, Slovakia, South Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Switzerland, UK, and the US Billboard Hot 100. Yeah. It, and and Venezuela. There we go. Something wild, like certified like 13 times platinum or something over here. Something wild. Yeah, 13 times platinum on like, the ARIA charts. Again, like I know that sales don't mean that much anymore, but or like... But yeah, it's just... Yeah, I remember when this hit and I remember thinking this song was really fucking annoying to begin with, but like... It's so good. Well, when did your when did your appreciation, I'll call it, for Carly Rae Jepsen yeah. develop? Because it definitely was. If I was going to say you were getting into Carly Rae Jepsen, it was not around this period. No, no, it wasn't. It would have been more around emotion. Yeah, I kind of can't remember. I think. I yeah, I don't know. It mm. might have even been via like. Yeah, I know, like, Griffin McElroy from My Brother, My Brother and Me. Yeah. Like, he is super into Carly Rae Jepsen. I probably heard him carrying on about how good she was and was like, all right, I'll give it a go. If it'll shut you up, I'll listen to some Carly Rae Jepsen. But, like, yeah, I can't remember when I just got into her as a person, but then, like, or well, not as a person, but, like, as an artist. Yeah. Um, But then, as soon as I... Same as you. Like, as soon as I listened to Emotion, I was like, yep, sold. I'm in. Yep. And it just kind of went from there. Yeah. Because, like, again, she's not one of these artists where there's not enough information about her, not that I would need it, but, like, I like the relationship that Carly Rae Jepsen fans can have with her because it's very... Like, it's just... It's very normal. Like, you don't know who she's dating. You don't know where she's been. You don't know... I don't know. Oh, she was spotted at Starbucks. Yay. Like, yeah. she just gets to be a person who makes really cool music, and I really like that. Yeah. So, like, I can't quite pin where I got into her because it's just one of these things It's like, one day I just fell in love with her music, and then it went from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. All it's like, from, I mean, I guess for, for all of us, like, you know, bands that we love, it literally just takes a song. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, being in the right headspace, you know, the right time, right place, you know. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, all it takes is that one little spark and you're a fan for life. Yeah. I actually think I need to also give um poet and writer Hanif Abdurraqib credit for Okay. putting me on the Kali train because yeah. he has written some really incredible nuanced stuff on just her as a musician in terms of, like, the way she approaches, like, the idea of romance and stuff like that, where it's just, it can be quite universal. Like, yeah. 
It is the same Hanif Abdurraqib that uh, res- like sh- like responded to us at one point, didn't he? He did. Yeah. He is a very cool individual. I would love to get him on at some point. Didn't he... He did it, like, put out a tweet or something that was, like, talking about Viennetta. And it yeah, was like, it's yeah. only seasonal in America or something? Yeah. Which is wild to me because, hey, Hanif, if you're listening, <laughs> we get it. We get it year round over here in That's Australia. That's what I said. I was like, that blows my mind that you can yeah. only, like... It is a year-round food for us. Yeah. It when, is a staple. What is the season the the Viennetta comes out in America Probably as well? Probably like Thanksgiving or something. Who knows? Like, it's it's like decadent ice cream cake. Yeah. Any American listeners, like, if you know, tell us when Viennetta comes out and then we'll laugh at you because we'll be eating it when you're not getting it. We should get a Viennetta this weekend. Oh, they're so good. Anyway. They're so good. Like, is this song so good? Yes. I think it is. It's 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 definitely like she does a lot of growing between Oh yeah. between this is Kiss, isn't it, the album? Yeah, right? yeah. Between Kiss and Emotion. Yeah. And that's the thing is like I listened to Kiss the other day cuz I skimmed it I think before but never really given it that much attention. And it's it's a very standard first album. Yeah. Like it's fine. Yeah. There's some good songs but it's fine. Whereas you step into emotion era and it's just like worlds away. Yeah, kind of so thing. good. Yeah. Like, does she go by the thing of like each album is just one word? Um, I guess Kiss, so. Emotion, so far, yeah. What was the other one? Dedicated. Dedicated, yeah. I like when bands do that. The Black Dahlia Murder does that. They yeah. were on a roll. It was every two years they would release an album with 10 songs mm-hmm. and every album would be one word. And then. They released Ritual, which had two songs, uh, 12 songs, and then they, I think their last album took them three years to put out. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, ah, oh, all right. Yeah. Um, it's, look, this song, I love it. I wouldn't listen to it on repeat because it was no. so saturated at the time. It was, and it was that time in not our lives, but it just in that time in history as well, it was like you couldn't get a popular song without it then being parodied to death. Yes. Yeah, this it was sort of like was... early YouTube culture kind of thing. Well, I mean, because this was, this was one of those ones where it came out, was, I mean, initially came out in 2010 with her EP. Yeah. And then it was released in 2011, but it wasn't for like six months after that it you know, really took off. Yeah. Um, and it just... It was that time where it was like everything had to just be parodied to death. Yeah. This was like the same year as Gangnam Style. Yeah. Somebody that I used to know, which I think was the same thing. Like that was released in 2011 and then yeah. got popular in 2012. Um, fucking Macklemore. Yeah. Macklemore, whatever, however you pronounce his name. That was at the end of the year. But like it was just like, yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah. It was the Taylor Swift song "We Are Never Getting Back Together." Yeah, that was yeah, that was like twenty twelve. Shit. Um, yeah, it's like, but again, there's a reason why it took off because it's just so perfectly done. Like, you've got your keyboard strings in the chorus. The keyboard strings are dope. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're so good. Like, it's instantly recognizable. Yeah, like listening to it with headphones on a walk and then it's just like, then the keyboard strings 
kick in in like the second half of the chorus and I'm like, why am I walking faster now? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Sorry. No, you go. I was just going to say like 2012 felt like the year where it's like when a song comes out, you know when it's like, uh, you've you've used this example for yourself and I'm not trying to tell on you or like be a shit, but it's like when you love something, you love it with your whole heart. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it felt like that was the year for that. Like when a song came out that people were like, well, we like this. Everyone liked this and everyone had to listen to it on repeat. Yes. Um, yeah, like that was just, that was a year for just loving music to a kind of annoying degree. Yeah. Like thinking about it, like give us a breather from some of these songs. That was, yeah, it was sort of, but in saying that, like now we sort of have TikTok and all that where people latch onto songs, but I guess cause it's sort of more of the however many seconds long kind of thing. Yeah. I guess that's just a different iteration of sort of clamping onto something to that extent. But yeah, it was just, it was a very specific time in like YouTube culture and yeah. parody culture. And, and I guess because Glee was still around, like you had yeah. all, like, and you had all the sort of acapella and like yeah. fucking grid of like nine separate iterations of you doing every instrument with your mouth and like, yeah, it was just a time. The only acapella I ever got into was Smooth and McGroove, the guy who did the, the like, video game oh, songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of liked it more for his cat. Exactly. But, like, it's like it's clever. It's, yeah. It is. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, like, I just... I like... I like this song. I like... I like Bart. Yeah, I like Bart. Um... And again, like, I'm sure I'm just being kind of reductive here, but, like, I like that Carly Rae Jepsen does seem to have a fair bit of investment in her songs. Yeah. Like, this wasn't written for someone else. Like, she wrote it for herself with... Yeah, that's also a big thing. Like, like I don't know. It just, it feels like that is sort of unique. And I think that's probably why I appreciate her to the extent I do is because she is similar to Taylor in that she writes songs that she backs for herself yeah. as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that's, I mean, that's also a good way to ensure that you get more money. Well, is, yeah. Is by writing your own songs. I remember my father telling me many times about the lead singer of Jethro Tull <laughs> and about how, about how he's, he's more wealthy because of, because of the fact that he wrote the songs, not because the songs were popular. That's so funny. And he would tell me this story of this 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 guy going out with this girl, and she's like, "Oh, you want to meet my dad?" And he's like, "Yeah." She's like, "We got to go to an island though." And he's like, "Why?" And she's like, "Oh, because my I can't remember his name. Is it Roger Daughtry? Daughtry? Yeah. Like, oh, he's the lead singer of Jethro Tull. Oh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my dad told me that story a lot of times, and now I am telling you that story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing like a, an off like side note here which will only appeal to one listener but like we should get Richard S. He and your dad to talk music that would be like the most fascinating and the most painful conversation I don't know what my dad would talk about my dad would talk about Akadaka a little bit <laughs> he'd talk about Led Zeppelin yeah uh, he always told the story of I 
think it was Pink Floyd with the wall. And I yeah. don't know if this story's true or not, or if he just made it up. <laughs> Basically, he, his story was that the crowd was so loud at Pink Floyd concerts that they were like, well, they're not even listening to our music. They're just coming to our shows and, and are being really loud. And so they, they started performing and someone kept coming along with polystyrene bricks and were like walling the band up until there was one little hole left and then it got covered. And the crowd was like, wait, what? And I'm like, wait, what is that real? Or did you just make that up? Yeah. So like maybe Pink Floyd, uh, I don't know. Like I want to get my dad on here and see if he remembers less than Jake and we can talk about some scar with him. (laughs) Anyway. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Like even just the lyrics, like they're so basic, but it's so good. Like it says everything it needs to say in a very concise fashion. I, I look, I will say this. It's for starters, like, again, I heard this song so many times mm. in 2012 that, like, I almost didn't need to listen to it again now. Yeah. Because it's like, I listened to it for, the like, the first time. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a really good song. And then it was like the second time it was starting to bring back memories of 2012. And it was like, okay, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily need to listen to it a third time. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I've only, I only have re-listened to it, like, two or three times preparing up preparing for this it is like i'll say this it is real bubble gum yeah but like i mean i know you don't but i like bubble gum (laughs) (laughs) i even like bubble gum flavored ice cream yuck anyway but like it's just it's cute and it's wholesome and it's sorry that was your response when we tried to find another cover for this song oh yeah which was a cross between Payphone by Maroon 5 and this. It was like literally the first line, I'm at a payphone. I threw a wish in a well. I threw a wish in a well. You went, yuck, and just turned no, it I off. No, I went, ew. Oh, you went, ew, and turned it off. And I just laughed. So hard. And we laughed. We laughed. Um, I, Yeah, like the bridge. I just love it so much. Before you came into my life, I missed you so bad. It's such a clever yeah. turn of phrase. Like... I didn't know what I wanted from you or from anyone until I saw you and then that was it. Like, and it can sort of go both ways. It can be very surface level or it could be, I don't know, like when I met you, it's like, you're the person. I didn't realise it, but then I did and here we are. Maybe the release of this song was a good omen because 10 years of that, nearly 10 years of us... We wouldn't have this podcast. Yeah. You know. Who knows? Who knows? No, I just, um, I think it's, it's also a good, I, I do like that she has matured yeah. from this. Again, I didn't listen to Kiss. I tried to find the EP, but I, I couldn't seem to see it on Spotify. So yeah. I didn't listen to that. But like, I do like that emotions, not this. I think you'll enjoy Dedicated as well, if you can be bothered okay. to listen. Okay. Like, it's, again, it's another step, like, left of centre. Yeah. But, so I remember the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, interesting. Like, not mm. sure, but then it just sunk in and I love it. I had to do that with the uh, new Dark Throne album this year, so, yeah. To bring it back to my musical tastes. <laughs> <laughs> I... 
like to circle back on the the topic of you saying that she has heavy music yes. teacher energy. The film clip, like she has, just it, it weighs a ton. How heavy the en- the Zoe Deschanel energy she oh, is yeah. exuding in the film clip to this song, and at that period in, of her life, yeah. I guess it's just like I'm shocked. I am utterly shocked that she never like played Zoe Deschanel's sister in New Girl or like cousin or something. Yeah, that's like my true. cousin in Canada, and it's Carly Rae Jepsen. Like they got <laughs> they got Taylor Swift to cameo on that show, and I'm utterly I'm utterly befuddled that they never thought, hey, let's get Carly Rae Jepsen on. Yeah. Although Carly Rae Jepsen has been on Broadway as Cinderella. Well, there you go. Which uh, Cin- Cinderella was the uh, the glass shoe, wasn't she? Yes. Yep. If it was in Australia, she would do a glass shoey and then she would glass someone with that shoe. <sighs> Come on, that's funny. Come on. Come on. I also wanted to mention earlier, because we were talking about how, like, live music, in terms of it being a career, blah, 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 mm-hmm. like, um, so I've mentioned this before on the pod, but one thing that delights me about Carly Rae Jepsen, Jepsen, Jepsen. <laughs> is up until very recently, her touring bass guitarist was Adam T. Siska from The Academy Is. Oh, okay. That's cool. But I was looking at... Adam T. Siska's Instagram the other day. <laughs> and it made me sad, but also made me really happy. So he recently got married, so he's like settling down and all that kind of stuff. But because of COVID and not being able to tour, he has now pivoted into just like a normal job. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to pull up his Instagram because it was just very cute. Um, I'm going to say, like, going back to the film clip. Yes. Uh, it, it's a nice detail that like, I don't know if it's necessarily like if it actually is a thing or if it's just something that I'm like, oh, I, I've noticed this thing. When it cuts to like her imagining her and the man who <gasps> shock twist, he's not into girls. Mm. Uh, he's into the guitarist of the band. He is. Yes. Uh, but when she's imagining them on the cover of some romance novel mm. and. So the author of the book is C.R. Jepsen. Oh, yeah. Which it's something that a lot of authors do mm. to do like the first letter or first two letters of, yeah. you know, first name, second name, and then their last name, you know, J.K. Rowling, H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yes. S.T. Murrayfield. Yes. For when, you know, his manuscript takes off. I hear it's going to be amazing. Yes, I have heard that. I, I just like that that's like... A nice little detail that someone has gone and, like, put that in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very considered. Um, so, Adam Siska, also known as Siski Business, um, <laughs> he posted in April, after 18, year, 18 years I have retired from my career as a touring musician, um... There were many aspects of my career that I truly loved. However, the demanding schedule and constant travel were making it difficult to build a fulfilling life at home in Chicago. When the pandemic shut down the touring industry, I knew that it was time to be proactive about my future. Um, and now he is in tech sales, apparently. He works for a company called Fast Radius that is in 
multi-process manufacturing in Chicago. And I just think that's so delightful. What's the business called again? It is Fast Radius. Fast Radius. Uh, we'll, we're happy to put out a promo code if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> I would be tempted to like try and get someone like Siski on just to talk about like what it's like when you're, you've aged out of that part of your career, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he used to be, like, a teen, like, heartthrob for, like, emo kids, and now he works in fucking manufacturing, like, logistics, probably. Yeah. I love that. I don't know why I get the feel. I, I, I feel like a lot of these people would have businesses in real estate for some reason. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know why I'm, why I'm thinking real estate, but it's just, that seems, that seems right to me. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, um... Because there are other ones, like, I don't know, another member of the Academy is uh, Michael Guy Chislett. He is now the, uh, I guess, in-house guitarist for Hillsong. Oof. And so it's like... Is he the Australian one? Yeah, he's yes. the Australian one. Yes. And so, like, I just, I kind of, I'm always fascinated seeing the people that I looked up to when I was a teenager, as in, like, you are living the peak rock star life, look at you, and then they... Get normal jobs. <laughs> yeah, or, or work for like really, really like fucking complicated church yeah. groups. Yeah, I um, yeah, it makes me sad to think about, but also <laughs> good for him, I guess. Let's talk about um, about upon this dawning. Upon this dawning. take this one i will take this one considering you have uh have taken all of carly ray jepson i'll take the i'll do the heavy lifting sure all right so um bunker up hunker down this is going to take a, a while uh upon this dawning formed in 2007 from Brescia, italy mm-hmm. pretty cool actually uh, and since 2016 the band has been on hiatus as vocalist daniel nelly and Matteo Bottaccini focus on their trap duo, Daniel and Theo. The end. And that's basically the end. They they got popular from MySpace. Yeah. Uh, an American act. I can't remember exactly. It was like Asking Alexandria or mm-hmm. 
or motionless in white or one of the other um, uh, metalcore acts from around that time notice them like they they uh, they did the sideshow not sideshow they were opening act for one of these bands when they came to Italy and yep. yeah like they had a they had a fan base in their home country cool and that's basically yep yeah. it took us a while but we got there <laughs> I I did the joke and then I and eventually I face planted yeah <laughs> like an anti joke how how good is the term face planted it really is. <laughs> Although I do prefer eat shit. Um, what do you think of this cover? I'm going to let you go first because we already know what I think of it. It's complicated. Sure. It's it's, uh, it's doing its best. Mm-hmm. Its best isn't good enough, though. It just, again, enough with the fucking easy core screaming. This is an easy core. What is it? This is metal core. Oh, this for fuck's is like how are they different? Well, easy cause like you're not going to get pop punk like instrumentals on like an unearth song. Like it's it's the, it's the the combination of pop punk and hardcore in like that they have heavier breakdowns and they might have some like screams, but like it's it's still pretty soft compared to something like this, which is metalcore, which is like sure. metal. Okay. And, it's, and it's brooding, but it also has the breakdowns of hardcore. Sure. I I care very little for it. I mean, yeah, this is this is of the time. This is the bands that Fearless were putting on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily want to just shorten this podcast, but if it gets to a point where you're just like, you know what, let's just do them all in one sitting. No, it just, like... It's so unimaginative, and there's so many elements about this song that I appreciate. They keep the sort of the... I don't know if it's literally keyboard strings, but they keep the same... They, they I think they have a keyboardist yeah, in the band. Yeah, like, they keep a lot of the melodic elements that make the song what it is. So they obviously have the chops to cover things and put a really unique spin on them. But then it just turns into... So fucking coming, baby. Like, because you have to be like, you you couldn't have fun with it. You have to be macho. It just, it's so boring. You have to know that it's it's a group of men that you're listening to. But like, even just the cleaner vocals and stuff. Like, even just playing it straight with that throughout, and maybe like a quarter of the screaming vocals that they have in it now would be. A million times better but again it's just sort of like you had me and then you lose me immediately when you're just like bah, bah, bah. like it's yeah like it's definitely got like those pop sort of sentiments it's got the i mean it's mostly a breakdown mm. this entire song but then like i think it's when it's the and all the other, which they probably say all the other girls. They do, because they couldn't possibly... No, nah, because again, because it's not fun. That's yeah. the that's the problem with all of this, is that it's not fun. Yeah. Whereas Carly Rae Jepsen is fun. That's the thing, I'm just tired of having to go through this, like, week after week after week of just fucking lighten up. Yeah, and that's 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 the problem with a lot of this, is like, 
they've got to have their sort of like art, artsy sort of photo taken of them standing either with arms like at their sides or crossed mm. with stoic like stone faces yeah looking like men because it's because this is men's music it, and, yeah. and like like there's there's sort of like elements of there's almost like elements of like black metal and i know that they've said that they were influenced by black metal but it's like kind of the crap side of black metal mm. um and like yeah like i wouldn't i wouldn't call it black metal but it's like like a lot of bands in this genre at that sort of time were and like a little bit before were delving into more of a black metal sound and a black metal attitude mm. Uh, while still having breakdowns and being B R double zero T A L brutal mm. brutal, um, you know you had bands like Bleeding Through and Carnifex that were like yeah, but they even though like I don't necessarily wouldn't re-listen to a band like Carnifex, they did it better. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm kind of with you there. Like. This is just not my metal. This isn't what I listen to. I'm not going to say it's not metal. I'm no. not going to say it's it's invalid to someone else who enjoys it. If you enjoy it, then that's that's you know I'm I'm happy for you. But I I don't. That's not to say I probably would have. Yeah. At the time that this album came out, when I was more aligning with you know metalcore and deathcore. Yeah. And like brutal brutal death metal. Um, slam death metal, like all those other subgenres. Mm. Um, like I probably would have, but now it's like, yeah, and like it comes across a lot clearer with headphones in. But listening to it on any form of speaker, I found like listening to it on my phone, listening to it from the television, it just it's so muddy. Like yeah. it's just so messy in a really incoherent way and it's not like it's not like a band like portal whose sound is like a vacuum cleaner mm-hmm. but like they like there's something to sort of mostly there's something to sort of like grab onto and like delve and explore whereas yeah. this it's just like well it just sounds sloppy because yeah. because i don't know if it was just not recorded well or or what like i just can't quite figure it out and it just ends up as being a cover that I'm yeah not too fussed about yeah it's what like if I had more initiative and motivation to do much of anything like I'd love to just really pick apart what it is about this kind of treatment of a cover of something that is very feminine and girly that just fucking rankles me every time because it's just, it feels like a backlash almost. It feels like them sort of pissing on something to claim it as their own. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Like, I I don't know. Maybe at some point I'll be motivated and inspired to write something. But, like, it just, there's got to be something in there as to why it shits me so much. And I think it is, it's just because it's a fucking sausage fest for something that is supposed to be joyful and embracing, like, feminine... Yeah. Femininity and just being light about something and not giving a shit what people think about you for enjoying this thing. Yeah. But yeah. And we've said it here, like, 
you know, be earnest about stuff. Like, yeah. So, like, this is this has been an episode literally because you're a huge fan. Yeah. And it's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And, like, I know that this is their brand of earnestness. This is what they do, and they back it, and they love it, and people love it and love them for it, and that's fine. But it's just... It really does my head in just how many fucking bands on the Fearless roster mm. give really decent, fun pop songs this treatment where it's just like, okay, how macho can we make this? Like, I couldn't... Like, I don't give a shit how macho you and your band are. Just, like, this to me is sort of like, I just want to tell the, like, all these dudes, I just want to do the equivalent of, like, oh, give us a smile, love. Like, just lighten the fuck up. I don't know what that, I don't know what that equivalent would be. Yeah. Just like, yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, it can't be that bad. Like, cheer up. And you know that all of these covers... Like all of the the metalcore bands, and and look, I'll say when it's metalcore and when it's easycore. Chunk no Captain Chunk is easycore. Yes. And then after that, I don't know what is easycore, but I know that they are, and I can tell you what metalcore is. And so, like, but like, you know that with every one of these metalcore bands covering a female pop star's fun pop song. It started off as like, oh, how fucking funny would it be yeah. if we did like a metal version? And it's like, it feels like it's like, it's sort of like almost like chicken. Like, oh, like, but let's not admit that we like the song, yeah. but like, oh, like I'm going to fucking hate having to listen to this song over and over again to fucking get it. But, but like really you kind of just love the song. Like, I think, yeah, it just... I don't know. I don't know why. I think it's because I had two cups of coffee today and I'm tanking from the second one. But, like, I am sort of, like, capital D done with this treatment of pop music. (laughs) Because there's just so much scope to play with it. But instead they just do the fucking formulaic approach of, okay, let's just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And just scream throughout it and throw in fuck, which I know I throw in a lot of swear words. Oh, yeah, but like, I, just, I, just, I think I just said fuck like 46 times. But like, yeah, and like switch the pronouns because God forbid anyone think that we're yeah. like effeminate or whatever the fuck. Like it just, there's so much posturing and dick swinging in the way these covers get rendered. It just, I'm exhausted. I'm sick of it. I think even if they were to keep the pronouns as it is, like that would, that would leave it with that little bit of, f- not funness, but just like that's yeah, like a sort of winking irony, like a sort of and like we're doing a cover of this, but this is still yours. Yeah, yeah. There's just, and it's weird not being quite able to prescribe what it is about it that rankles me, but yeah. There are certain things where it's just like, if I were in the studio, I'd be like, look, just humor me on this. Give this a go. Yeah. I feel like there's just, they could have stripped back a couple of elements and added in a few other things. And it would turn, like suddenly just shift from God awful to, okay, I understand it now. But there's just, yeah, it's like, it's a different kind of excess that just reeks of like, toxic masculinity and i know that sounds really stupid but like there's only so much 
male posturing that I can put up with yeah. in the Punk Goes roster. And, like, this album on Wikipedia only has one review. Yeah. And it's from the website punknews.org. Yep. And it received a half star for this compilation album. Yeah. Like, and I think, like, let's just move on from Upon This Dawning and we'll move on to the other covers. But before we do that, I do want to say, like, this is a song that that should lend itself so yeah. fucking easily to yes. a pop-punk cover. And I could not find a fucking pop-punk cover. I could not just find, like... A newfound glory sound alike doing a cover of this. They all still had to have a fucking breakdown, or they yeah. still had to have screams. There was like one cover that had a woman singing. It's I think we've talked about them before. The band, the Animal in Me, yes. where it's like, where it's like, hey, we're a metal band with a female vocalist, but like, don't forget, like, we've got a male who who will bring you, yeah. will bring your testosterone back into this. It's like I could not just find a simple fucking pop punk cover of this song and it's so it's so basic and like i yeah. kind of i kind of want to recruit richard i kind of want to recruit a- anthony our other friend who sometimes listens to the pod and like see if we can do a pop punk cover yeah. of this fucking song exactly because it just it it it's there it's right fucking there and it couldn't be done because on oh, no, 2012 was the year that we all had to be fucking we all had to be fucking men. We all had to be fucking macho. And, and I'm sorry, I'm getting really animated. Yeah, right? But it's like, but I, it's come out of me. Like, I'm I'm just mad. I'm mad that this is what music was like Yeah, back then. I love that this is like the straw that broke the camel's back for both of us. <laughs> We're both just like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm done. I'm out. But like, I mean... We're not just, out. The, the, no. The, we'll still talk about these covers, but maybe we'll, like, if another one comes up like this, we'll give it... We'll sort of like try and you know not do them. That's so soon from now. But yeah, but like even because while you were talking, I was just looking up. So like the latest punk goes comp that isn't an acoustic one was Pop Seven, which was released in 2017. And even just looking at the track list for that, it makes like now that we are away from that like rah sort like I reckon there are covers here that i will enjoy like because you've got the likes of instead of this whatever the fuck like you've got state champs their cover of stitches was good yeah yeah you've got dance gavin dance they always do a good job like you've got yeah i mean i i guess the music's still good but like there's gonna be that yuck factor of johnny craig if it's johnny craig dance gavin dance exactly and not um uh Tillian or whatever his name is. I can't remember his name. I think name. it's Tillian, yeah. Tillian, who seems like a pretty decent guy. Yeah. But yeah. Like, but it's just, it's so interesting to see how, like, once they finally dropped this shtick of, like, getting all these, like, easy slash metalcore bands, you do get some really cool covers. And, like, I'm super looking forward to, I can't remember which pop edition it was, but, like when you finally start to get the likes of um Tonight Alive and, like, mm. women coming in and doing things. But, like, there's still, like, such an underrepresentation of women yeah. covering. Like, what, how many how many covers have we done that actually... I reckon it's only Tonight Alive. Well, I... no, there was Paris, who did That's Chandelier. Right. There yes, was, was uh, Element 101. Yes. Who did Nelly Furtado. And that was fucking years ago. 
And I think that might be it. Like in 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 106 episodes, yeah, or like 110, 12, like how many extra episodes we've done, but like yeah, <laughs> that and it's just and that's the thing. It's like it, yeah, it's so interesting that they have been around since what, like 2000, like the punk goes. Yeah, series has been yeah, like 21 years in, and it's still such a sausage fest. Like, I mean, I guess that's a representation of the music itself. Is but again, it's such like a sausage fest, and that's but like there is less of an excuse now. Mm. You've got women out there who have been standing there watching this shit for years and have gone, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. Sign them, yeah. Lift them up, yeah. like. Ah, uh, anyway, that was my um rant for the day outside of my guy Sebastian rant So, other covers. Uh, again, like, we talked about how, like, this was such a heavily parodied song. So I have... The original Easy Core vocalist. Huh? Cookie Monster. Oh, yeah. Cookie Monster vocals. That is what growling has been... Oh, of course, yeah. ...has been uh, equated to. Um, yeah, so we'll do one parody and one mashup. Because, yes. again, and I was just so mad that there was not just a fucking basic yeah pop punk cover of this song like imagine if bowling for soup did a cover of this song yeah. how good would that be yeah we wouldn't we wouldn't be this angry this would probably have been a 40 minute episode we would have gone yep that's sick that's sick cool let's i'll see you later yeah. let's eat pizza exactly <laughs> as all <laughs> pop punk heads do anyway so yes uh in 2012 well, she's not a part of it, but, like, she had to have signed off on it. Yeah. Uh, and our cat is scratching the wall. Oi, cut it out. Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen teamed up with Sesame Street. Yes. Especially one Cookie Monster. Yes. I I will never not love classic Sesame Street, like, yeah. parodies. Yeah. They're so silly, but I just, I love them. I still think... The best one is Kermit doing talk. Is it yeah, talking heads? Talking heads yeah. yeah, once in a lifetime. That's still probably the best one. But this is 
<laughs> this is pretty great. The only thing is, so like Cookie Monster's like tr- walking around an office building because yeah. people keep picking up a bowl of cookies. Yeah. Sorry, mum, I'm calling them cookies because he's the cookie monster. He wasn't He wasn't the biscuit monster. But he's trying to get some cookies yes. in an office building. What is this company that hired Cookie Monster? Because I feel like he's a, he's a HR disaster. No, he's not. He was being very respectful. It's just that he leaves crumbs everywhere. I <laughs> He's like that one colleague who like microwaves tuna and oh. stinks out the break room. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's the the colleague that like corners you and talks about like how great being polyamorous is. <laughs> really? No. He's not that at all. He he's all about sharing. Yeah. He's all about sharing. No. Don't do this. He's also all about receiving. Oh my god. Why? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back because this is this is such a delightful like we 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 we're bringing it back to like all right, we're normal again. But like you are not talking and you're just staring at me. I'm very even the cross. cat even the cat's run away. Like this is just a very delightful like video of this of Cookie Monster singing about you know sharing maybe about cookies yes and I think the moment that always cracks me up is he's walking past the conference room and they've got the cookie <laughs> yeah. bowl and he just puts his hand up against the glass and like the mouth is sort of just open like he's just he's just he's so close to those cookies but he can't can't just, quite get there there's something very pure and delightful about Sesame Street. And the monsters and like Cookie Monster specifically, specifically like there's something deeply funny still about the way he eats cookies because it's literally just like someone sorry stuffing them into a puppet mouth and so like they don't go anywhere. It's just crumbs going everywhere and his little fingers and like rum rum. The way the way that he eats, he must have wicked bad indigestion. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't swallow. (laughs) He just. He just takes a bite and just... I get it. They're, like, when you're that hungry, it's just like, just, yeah. <laughs> Stuff it down my gullet and hope for the best. I, um, I I do like when it's, like, the bits where it's... He's sort of doing the thing with the band. Yeah. I'm like, is it a band or is it just a drummer? But, like, does this... Like, I, I don't know. Does this predate when fuckface Jimmy Fallon would do the, like, Metallica's going to play Enter Sandman... I think it was sort of concurrent with the beginning of that. I could be wrong. I like to think that Jimmy Fallon ripped off Sesame Street. Oh, he probably did. Yeah, he probably did. And so it's, it's all about like, well, in a way, I've played with Metallica now. Mm. Um, but like the drummer looks so disinterested to be yeah. playing with this fucking puppet that's the color of the Pacific Ocean because yep. he's blue, mm-hmm. who has a a fucking cookie obsession. But I said to you, he also looks like Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle. He really does. But unless you, unless you've seen the, this video, you, you would know, not know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I just think it's, it's a delightful dear little cover and you're right. Like I'll never not, I'll never not like pop for Kermit. Yeah. Or cause he was on both, wasn't he? He was Muppets and oh. Sesame Street. Uh, I don't think he was Sesame Street. They they never did like crossover 
Because, I mean, they were all Jim Henson. Yeah, so, but like... Did you know that Bear in the Big Blue House was Jim Henson as well? I did. Well, there you go. Kermit Sesame Street. Surely he has. I, I feel like I've seen him with interact with... Like, I don't think, like... Like, Miss Piggy was never there or anything like that, but... Is Kermit a Muppet or Sesame Street? <laughs> Is he the street? Which, um... So, yeah, okay, so he featured in episode one, apparently. Um, wow. So he's OG Sesame Street. Yeah, look, he comes in here and there. Yeah. So, no, he, yeah, he is, okay. I love him so much. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always just like, when he pops up, it's just, <laughs> I lose my shit. And I've, I've come to appreciate the Muppets as an adult, oh, yeah. not as a child. Like I watched the one Muppets movie, which was like Muppets go to treasure Island. And then as an adult, I'm like, Oh, that shit's great. Yeah. That shit's funny. <laughs> Comedy goal. That shit just hits me in that sweet spot. Uh, what also hits me in that sweet spot. We're bringing back the dirty fish and chip shop boy. We are. Trent Reznor. Got money, just tell me what you want me to. Got money, nail me up against the wall. Got money, don't want everything he wants it all. No, you can't take it. No, you can't take it. No, you can't take that away from me. Run like a hole, black as a Yeah, I did, because I got it from his SoundCloud. Ah. From the artist's SoundCloud. So on YouTube, his handle is Pom Deter. And on SoundCloud, it's Pom Deterific. Well, there you go. So some guy mashed up. I feel like we've talked about this on the pod before, but I don't care. They mashed up Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails with Call Me Maybe by the one and only Kylie Rae Jepsen. Yeah. Pom de Terrific okay. on SoundCloud. And I love this. I can remember when you first uh, exposed me to this. Yeah. Do you remember? No. We were driving down to my parents' place and you were like, oh my God, I need to listen to this. So you put it on. <laughs> you put it on, you, you plugged in the auxiliary. I did. And we listened to you this. You said, you better not play trash. And I played this. So, like, that's good because it's not I know, trash. <laughs> exactly. Um, is this is this like the precursor to Ashley O? Is this like? Yeah, probably. This this feels like this feels like 
Charlie Brooker listened to this and went, could turn Head Like a Hole into a pop song. Probably. Like, there's always sort of been this, like, similar to the Muppets being comedy gold. Like, there's just something very, like, perennially fun and interesting and a bit exciting about mashing up, like, profane music with squeaky clean pop music. Well, it's like how, uh, like, like a DJ cummerbund mashes yeah. together something like a Ramstein with um, whoever it is. Is it Earth, Wind, Fire? Yeah, September. The, no, but it's a roller coaster that was also covered oh, by Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers. It's stuff like that. It's like when you have like a metal act coming together with a pop act, it's like, it's like getting the saltiness of peanuts and the sweetness of chocolate and putting it together and you get this deliciously salty sweet treat. <laughs> I'm a white male between ages 18 and 35. 18 to 49. Yeah, 49. Everyone listens to me. Um, But no, you're right. Like, it's just... And again, I guess it's because they're sort of opposite ends of, like, a songwriting spectrum where, like, if you jam them together, they sort of... Yeah, they're like distant cousins, I guess, in terms of, like, having... I don't know, some sort of musicality that appeals to, like, a broad audience just from different sides of... Yeah. Yeah. It's... I don't know. It just... It hits that sweet spot, like you said. Yeah. I... I... I, I don't quite know what Head Like a Hole is about. Um, Like, lyrically, what it's about. I Like, is it sort of, like, about money or corporations or greed or something? But, like, I would love to see what you could put closer, like combine closer with in terms of like a pop song, like yeah. like a really squeaky clean pop song with this filthy, just industrial rock song. Like yeah. I'd love to see what you could do with that. But this is, this is also, well, it's terrific. Yeah. I will, uh, I will say I, um, yeah, like it's, it's kind of to the point, like I know, like, I know the original, but, like, I also, when I think about this song, I'm thinking of it with the music of Call Me Maybe as yeah, well. Yeah, So it's, like, it's to, to that point where it's replaced the actual original song for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's basically just sort of, like, a non-specific, like, anti-capitalism sort of... Yeah, like, God, money, I'll do anything for you. Like, it's just... Yeah. I don't know. See, I always heard it as got money. Same, yeah. But, like, I mean, it's only the difference of one letter. Um, Yeah, so, like, religion and and money and how, like, that's how religion's kind of like a corporation. Yeah, basically just, like, yeah. And, yeah. Um, bow down before the one you serve. You're going to get what you deserve. Like, it's just, mm. like... Even when you're saying that, like, it's already, like, I'm hearing the bit from, like, the chorus. Yeah, yeah. As it's, as it's going. So good. Um, I, yeah. I've worn myself out. So have I. We've covered a lot of ground on today's episode of Punk Goes Pod. Um, yeah. Lots of emotions. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah. Pun intended. Yep. In hindsight, um, 
Hell yeah or yeah nah? Well, it's hell yeah to the original. It's yeah nah to the to the cover. Yeah. But then, like as I said, like it comes back around with Cookie Monster and Trent Reznor. It does. And, like those are good. Those are good places. What about you? Same. I went on the same emotional journey as you. Um, I figured that would be the case. And hell yeah, just in general for like the lively discussions we've had today. Our haunted printer has decided to grace. What do you think, printer? Hell yeah or yeah nah? That's terrifying. Hell yeah to the cover. Get out of here with that. That's terrifying. Um, There is a ghost in our... Printer. ...studio and he needs to print off five copies of this document, please. I need my cover letter printed out. (laughs) I am... Oh. (laughs) Is it going to print something? (laughs) Yeah, it'll just be like, run. Oh, that would be kind of terrifying. That would be very fucking terrifying. I'm I'm reading a book at the moment called Horror Store, and that sort of thing is kind of happening. (laughs) So, look. Also, Carly Rae Jepsen gets a hell yeah. We should give Carly Rae Jepsen the sword, the end. Yeah. This has been Call Me Maybe. That fucking sword was great.